This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you on the Zoom call this morning. And uh, my friend, my, my, <laughs> my protege, my, my, my go-to person, Melissa Rome is with us. She is the uh, community uh, liaison and emergency preparing, preparedness and planning coordinator. She has been the hardest work, working woman in Vermilion County for about three years now. And she frankly is tired, but she was willing to uh, to join us this morning. Morning, Melbs. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Besides, like I said, being a little cold in my office this morning, you know, it's okay. The the ongoing challenges of HVAC system in the health department. That's, uh, (laughs) I remember those days very well. Um, Anyway, so here we are. We neither one thought we'd be here, but here we are. Here we are. Um, I got to tell you, um, you know, and, and every day when you send your your information report out, I, you know, I look at it and, and try to understand the trends and what's going on and the key things that I'm concerned about, which is ICU and hospitalizations, et cetera. Um, and oftentimes I'm appalled. Sometimes I'm just disappointed. But the other day when Doug sent out the, or I think it was Doug that sent it. I'm not sure. Uh, the report about the positivity rates. Yes. When I looked at those, I just about peed down my leg. I couldn't believe yeah. we were hitting those kinds of numbers. It's, it's crazy. It really is. And, you know, and I'll touch on some numbers. I know, you know, some people are like, uh, numbers, but some people, you know, can, can appreciate them. But we've had since Christmas, um, we're averaging between 100 to 250 new cases a day. Um, that's, that's really significant. In the last 14 days, two weeks, we've had almost 1,500 new cases. Um, you know, some of our daily positive positivity rates for the last few days have been over 20%. Um, you know, on January 1st, we were at 27% for our daily positivity rate. And it's not like it's like, oh, well, you know, when you when you test just a couple people, it's going to be high. Like we're, we're testing between 400 to 2000 people every day. So, um, you know, and when you're getting those high of numbers, you know, we've we've got a, a pretty significant, um, you know, it's 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 not that when you're finding all these numbers, it's like, well, you know, if you test more, you find more people. It's not really supposed to work that way. If if there's not a problem, then you you get yeah. negative tests. But we're getting lots and lots of positive tests, and and the hospital numbers are really scary. You know, we have almost 300 people between the ICU and non medical beds in the hospital for our region six. Um, we have a couple peds cases now, you know, one that's in the ICU, one that's not in the ICU. We have 50 people who not are not necessarily COVID patients waiting in the ED for a room. 50 people going into the ED and cannot get a room. You know, so that's that's where 
the, the huge problem lies, you know, it's, it's like, well, what are we waiting for? What, you know, when is this going to be over? And it's when our hospital systems can function and not have 50 people in the ER waiting to be admitted. We have 20 people on vents. I mean, it's, it's still very, very significant. Well, and we, you know, we, we harp and harp and harp on, on vaccinations and boosters. And I really, I'm too tired this morning to, 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 rant and rave about that. I, I, yep. I people are going to be that stupid. So be it. <laughs> but, but, but the reality is uh, the majority of the people that are in the hospital with COVID right now right. are unvaccinated. And when, right. when, I, when I were sitting here the other night, we were having a conversation about some stuff. I don't know, somehow or other, it always goes to COVID. And we were both <laughs> sitting here talking about the enormous debt we owe to the healthcare industry and the professionals in the healthcare who go to oh, work yeah. every day. They work 24 seven. They never see their families. They have no life. All they're doing is taking care of patients. Yep. And nine times out of 10, the people they're taking care of don't have to be there. Right. They just right. didn't get a vaccine because they had some political BS or, or whatever. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I admire every one of them that overcomes that and does it doesn't matter. Their oath is to care for people and that's what they do. So shout out to all of them for all they do every single day. Absolutely. That's, that said, um, so, you know, we, we, we got excited when the when the vaccine for kids came out and we started to see some some movement there. And that was really mm -hmm. great. And and so. The problem is uh, we're still having issues and District 118's classic example. Yeah. Here we are. When you when you look at, well, and with District 118, I'm gonna have to tell you it's a mostly staff, you yeah. know, and that's yeah, with right. other schools. That's with other schools. Dr. Geddes, she, you know, posted all of their, you know, issues that and why that she was choosing. And when you look at it, it's mainly staff and some of the other schools that's their issue too. It's, you know, they can, they can handle if they have four kids in a classroom, but what they can't handle is if they have, you know, 20 kids and no teachers. So yeah. that's, you know, and they, you know, there's just not enough subs, um, buses, you know, if you don't have your bus drivers and bus drivers are at a minimum anyway, you know, and you can't pick up kids. And especially if you can't pick up kids in the winter or you have to delay them, you know, that that's some, some potential health and safety issues. And so, you know, the schools, you know, there's you know, people are always like, Oh, Melissa, I, you know, I, I would hate to have your job. And I, you know, I have to tell them, I say, you know, it's nothing compared to right now being in a school or being in a hospital. Like those are my two areas where I'm like, you know, you've got Amen. to give all these people a, a pat on the back because they are, like you said, with the healthcare, they're working day and night and barely see their families. And, and, you know, our, our school officials, you know, down to, you know, the, the principals and all the way to your, your regular part-time staff are, are just busting their, their chops, just trying to stay healthy, keep those kids in school because they know that's where the, 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 the kids need to be is in school. And even, you know, IDPH has come around and we're like, you know, do everything possible to keep the kids in school. But if you don't have staff, you can't. Yeah, do I agree with you. I agree with you. That's true. And we all, you know, we said for a lot, we, we, we've been, again, this is another area 
This is why there's all this confusion. We've been back and forth. Oh, kids shouldn't go to school. Oh, kids should go to school. Back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. Yep. We finally realized the safest place for kids was school. But yep. now it's not because the staff's not vaccinated. Right. So, so now we're back struggling with that. So like we keep going back and forth. And I think that really has a lot to do with the tremendous frustration that people have with the whole thing. I mean, COVID is now part of our lives every day, every minute of every day. It's there. Yep. But we're so frustrated because every time it even looks like we're making progress, back we go. Yep. Yep. You know, it was, it was really interesting over this summer before Delta, you know, I was like, Hey, this is, you know, well, and then they, did, they did, they did kind of warn us. They're like, you know, take your vacations in, in June and early July because it's going to get bad. And, and they were right. Um, and then once we started, we started to kind of see Delta peak and go down and we're like, all right. And then, um, you know, Omicron came around and, it's just, you know, while and while we haven't actually, you know, have proof of any cases of Omicron here, we know it's here because we we the numbers are just showing. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I, you know, and I, I said this from the very start of this pandemic is you're always looking for that variant that will come in, will be less severe, but will be the dominant, and will will you know, kind of wash this away. But there's a problem with that because you don't necessarily, because anytime you have more cases, you're going to have more hospitalizations. You're going to have more deaths um, because we have, especially here in our county, because we have so many people who have underlying health conditions. Sure. And, you know, and again, I'm not saying people are dying, you know, on death's door. People who are overweight, who are smokers, who have diabetes, who have you know, chronic kidney disease, COPD, those are the ones that are mostly being affected by um, COVID. And, you know, that that's over 50% of our population in Vermilion County has well, at least one of those problems. Absolutely. So All right, let's go to, let's go to break mouths and we'll be back in just a moment and talk more. Sounds good. On new, okay. On Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you on the Zoom call this morning. We have Melissa Rome from Vermilion County Health Department. She's community liaison. She's uh, head of uh, emergency planning and preparedness. She has coordinated the uh, the health department's yeoman's effort with uh, with COVID over the last three years. Uh, she she used to be very young. Now she's <laughs> now she's starting to age. <laughs> you should you should see the gray hair. I told told Jason I'm like, oh my gosh, like these last <laughs> years I, I like would have like maybe one or two gray hairs and it is just like exploded. Oh yeah, there you go. It's your COVID I hairs. Can, I can see why when you know people get into politics or presidents, you know, how they show like how much they yeah. braid over. Like, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's, that's I, how I that works. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's, let's step back for just a minute. We can throw around statistics all day and we can talk about how bad it is and how much we wish it were better. Yep. But I know you're a research nerd. Like I am with this. 
Um, cause that's what I did when, when I was there and we, we were dealing with H1N1 and mm-hmm. we were going back and first looking at the, the original, excuse me, pandemic. You learn so much, so much from history yes. and what happens. So let's stop and pause for a moment and, and step back and look at the research you've done and where you think we are in this process and where you think we're going. And I know you're not an expert, but I mean, just from the research you've done and what you've been experiencing, where do you think we are? You mean like, you know, how much longer do we have? Yeah, yeah, where we are with the whole pandemic, yeah. Yeah, I, gosh, it's so hard to tell because, you know, like I mentioned before break, you know, you kind of hope for that, the virus to ease up and, you know, that's what happened with, the pandemic of 1918 you know it it was rampant and then it changed a little bit and then it just became part of the normal flu and i think that's again what we're going to be looking at this is going to become endemic where you know we're looking at probably annual vaccines and and i know you know and i and i think one thing that we've learned too is that a lot of the mitigations that we've put in place really do work and that's what we've yes. learned in history you know we learned that quarantine and isolation worked all the way from when you know london had their plague and they you know and and in vienna they they had people staying in the they called it trentino which was actually 30 days um where they kept people on their boats before they could come to land and then they moved it to quarantino which is 40 days which is where we get 40 days um, and then also in London, they learned to isolate. They're like, oh, hey, if we isolate the people that are sick, they can't, you know. And so we've learned that masks actually do work. Are they perfect? No, but boy, we, I mean, the studies that have been done, you know, the schools are a really good indication of showing how well masking actually does work. Um, you know, so, oh gosh, I want to say that every time I think that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I, I, know. Get, I get detoured. So, I know. you know, I, I'm hoping by this, you know, it, I tell you what, it's really going to depend probably in the next month where this heads. And if it peaks high, which I think it's going to peak uh, sooner than later, Delta took us a while to peak. Um, this one is spreading much faster. So it's probably going to peak sooner. Um, and then we've just got to hope that we don't have another variant that comes around that's even worse. So that's the problem with viruses. It's so hard to predict because you just don't know if it's going to change. And when everyone's kind of throwing up their hands and saying, you know what, I'm done wearing a mask. I'm done, you know, trying to protect other people. I'm, I'm just done. Um, the virus doesn't care about that. They're like, you know what, you may be done, but I'm not. So you know, it's, oh God, it's just so, so hard, um, especially when the, the messaging is confusing for everybody. Trust me, it's confusing for us. Um, and so it just seems, and that's why a lot of people will throw up their hands. So, you know, I'm hoping in the next couple of months, we'll really have a good indication of where we're going to be, depending on how Omicron, um, you know, goes. But 
the problem is, is we have such a low vaccination rate in our county too. So if you're just looking at county, uh, we're going to be seeing problems for, for a while. Our, while we have vaccinations for kids, our, our kid numbers are very, very low um, for vaccination rates. Um, so, I, you know, yeah. it's... Well, you know, and, and then that's fair. You mean, there's no way to actually telescope what's going to happen because it is a virus is so unpredictable under most circumstances. Right. I mean, you this had one. some, yeah, you had some viruses or pandemics that, you know, span decades yeah. for a year or two. So, you know, it just, it, it really depends on us. And, and back then, you know, we weren't as mobile and now we're going everywhere. And so it just, it spreads. Well, and that's, that was the next thing. Yeah. That was the next thing I was going to ask you. Well, uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk a little bit about the CDC. But before we do that, I want to talk for just a moment about where we are with the holidays. So are we peaking yet from holiday gatherings or do we have a little time ahead of us where it's all of a sudden going to explode? I I think we still have maybe a little bit more time because we probably haven't hit New Year's yet. So I'm, you know, I, I think probably in the next week we may peak. Um, I hope that will be our peak. But the problem is, is that you had all the, those people who have gone back to work and gone back to school. Yeah. And so we may have that peak to deal with. So you had that initial peak from, you know, the people who got together. Okay, so they're sick. But if they're asymptomatic and they're going back to work, going back to school, and they're passing it around, then we're probably going to see, you know, it's it's probably going to be another couple weeks before we can tell if we've peaked. But I mean, because that's, like that's really the next threshold to get through, yeah, right? It is. It really is. Because like I said, right after Christmas, um, it was the 28th that we really started to see that explosion of cases. So, you know, you're, you're looking at four, three or four days out of um, Christmas Eve and Christmas day, and it just exploded. And it's kind of like, okay, there it is. And they do say with Omicron that, you know, your incubation period is actually a lot less, which is kind of good because then it's not elongated. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you get, or people get sick quicker, but then you can isolate them quicker instead of them being out and, you know, not knowing and spreading. So, so that is one uh, additional, I guess, good thing is that, you know, it is showing symptoms a lot sooner so that, you know, we can, we can kind of contain it a little bit easier because when you have a 14 day incubation period, it's just, it's so hard to really contain that. Absolutely. All right. We're going to go to break and come back, have a, have a brief conversation about CDC, which, uh, Melissa and I both have some interesting opinions about, so we'll do that in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you on the Zoom call with Melissa Rome community relations and emergency planning and preparedness coordinator, COVID coordinator actually, <laughs> uh, for the Vermilion County Health Department, and a tired woman. Uh, the, um, so, so Melissa, we and I were talking before we went on air. Uh, I think of all the things that have happened, we've learned and, and experienced uh, and seen occur in this whole fiasco over the last two, three years. 
One of the things that I've been most disappointed in is the CDC. It, back in my day, God, I hate it when old people say that, but it's true. Back in my day, you know, when I was there, that's who we relied on. We relied right. on the CDC, Illinois Department of Public Health, and then ourselves. Yep. And that's how it worked. And we knew where to go to get the information we needed. We didn't have to dick around with it. We didn't have to question it. We would get good information and move on. That's just not the case now. And I think it's so misleading and confusing for people. It is. It is. And we we get confused. And even the states get a little confused because, you know, a lot of times it comes out as a you know, a, a press release, and then we're all scrambling to catch up. And then everyone thinks like, okay, so the CDC put this in line. So they're calling us and like, okay, well, now it's like, you know, um, it's like, well, hold, hold on, we've got to wait for, you know, the state to tell us if they're accepting this. And, you know, there's usually anytime, um, you know, something is approved, it usually still has to go through a few channels. So, you know, I've, I was asked, you know, hey, I need to get my child boosted because that was FDA approved. And it's like, well, you have to wait for the CDC, which I believe they did pass that last night. Um, but yeah, it's it's very confusing because, you know, and, and, and we're, we're always trying to play catch up. And, you know, people are asking me and I'm like, I don't even know. I haven't had a chance to read the guidance myself. So, Give me a few, you know, moments to also, because we're not given any headway before it goes out to the public. Um, usually a lot of times we're finding out the same time everybody else is. And it is so confusing because, you know, you, you set a policy and then you get backlash and then you kind of, well, maybe we'll pull back a little bit. And, you know, it's just, there's, there's just not a lot of consistency um, you know, and one thing too, you know, talking about some of the new guidance, um, you know, they're now ending isolation for the general public after five days. Um, you know, go to um, the CDC's website and look at that guidance because it can be a little confusing and, you know, it would take a whole show for me to go over it. <clears throat> so, but, you know, you, you know, the day that you start having symptoms or the day that you get tested, whichever is first is your day zero. And then you're going to isolate for five full days. And then you would get out on the sixth day if you are either asymptomatic or your symptoms have resolved. Um, they were requiring a test. Now they're not requiring a test. So they, they say you can get a test. Um, but this does not apply for congregate settings or healthcare settings. This is not for schools. This is not for, um, you know, your, your long-term care. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, here's this, but then if you fit into this category, this category, this category, it doesn't um, actually apply to you. And they're doing that the same way with quarantine. Um, and then also because Omicron is, we're seeing a lot of reinfections. Um, so before it was, if you've had COVID in the last 90 days, then you didn't need to test or you didn't need to worry. But now if you have a new onset of symptoms, it's really important for you to get tested because it, because it is very possible that you have been reinfected, especially if you haven't been vaccinated. Um, we're just, that that's something that we are starting to see a lot more. Before it was like, we'd have a few reinfections. Um, now we're seeing a lot of reinfections. Yeah, and that's that's another thing that's hard to, to keep up with. It's it's 
It's just, uh, it's so frustrating. Um, I know you, you are all, you are working to provide testing opportunities yes. and vaccination opportunities and booster opportunities. And you've got all that information on your website. Yeah. Uh, tell people how to access that, will you? Yes. So go to www.bchd.org and you can see all of um, our places that you can go for testing. Right now, the hospitals are so inundated. So if you're getting one to test for traveling or because you're mandated to test, please don't go to Carl or OSF. They're, they're only doing if you're symptomatic. Um, but you can go to our testing. We have a shield testing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. We do ask that you register first. Uh, it just helps you get in and out a lot quicker. And you can do that by going to our website. DAC has testing every Friday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. They were out the last two Fridays because of holidays, but they're starting back up. Um, the pharmacies have testing. Um, a lot of the schools are doing testing and some of the schools are even testing, you know, some um, community members. Um, there are vaccination clinics, um, like this Saturday, there'll be a vaccination clinic at the Boys and Girls Club, and there'll be Pfizer for kids um, 12 and up and five through 11, and then boosters will also be available, not just Pfizer, but Moderna boosters. Um, the following Saturday, there'll be clinics at Mark Denman and Oakwood Public Library. And then on January 17th at Catlin Church of Christ, there'll be a clinic. And go to our website because it'll show specifically what days, what times, and what yeah, vaccines yeah. will be available. So again, that's www.vchd.org. Yeah, it must be a full-time job now just trying to keep that thing current. It is. It is. Yes. It's, it's also changing all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Melissa, thanks for being with me this morning. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. I always enjoy talking to you. I, I, uh, I wish you the best and I hope that we can find some, uh, some end to this. I don't know, or some way to live with it so that it's not consuming our lives because it sure is getting old for everybody. Yes, it is. Um, but eventually you'll be maybe able to go back to, uh, regular public health work. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I've got lots of reports that are due. I'm like, oh, I still have to do those? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember those. Hey, thanks for being with us. Take Thank care. You. Love to Jason and the kids. Same. All right. Join me tomorrow. We're going to have uh, Danville Police Chief Christopher Yates, uh, along with his new domestic violence task force, Marcy Sheridan, I believe, uh, Cher Pollock, uh, Michelle Nelson, we have uh, uh, a chance to talk to them about this project that has been on the chief's plate for a while, trying to address the issue of domestic violence in Vermillion County. Can't wait to talk to them about it. Join us tomorrow for Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.